Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here, once again with Adam Chemalewski. We're going to do a quick, uh, we're going to do a quick 20-minute, I'm literally going to watch the time on this uh, when we get started here. We're going to do a quick 20-minute election uh, mini-sode. We're just going to kind of tie in some of the loose, tie up some of the loose ends from our election episode that we obviously couldn't really finish because the election had not been called uh, at the time of our recording yet. So Chem and I are going to, are going to backtrack and fill in some blanks here that uh, that we just couldn't talk about, uh, you know, when uh, on the Thursday th- the Thursday that we were recording. But first and foremost, Shema, how are you, man? Oh, dude, I'm doing really well. And believe it or not, there are actually a whole lot of loose ends that people are now manufacturing to tie up for the election. So That's we right. can be doing 20 minute mini episodes all for a, a while now. Probably, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, obviously, as we get into this, but. Uh, all right, so Chema, it's, it's one minute into the episode right now. I am keeping time, and we are going right for it. So Sounds good, dude. Since we last talked, um, obviously Joe Biden has been declared the uh, our president-elect, um, and it looks like it, and it, it... And actually what Trump and Kellyanne Conway would say, it's a landslide, um, mm-hmm. uh, electoral college victory. But for you, what is the biggest surprise about this election since we last talked? Okay, I thought about this one long and hard. This is actually the last question out of the outline that I answered because I was trying to think of what actually truly surprised mm-hmm. me. And there's a lot of things that are going on right now that I, in some way, shape, or form, kind of expected. You know, like this all the election challenging and mm-hmm. all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, to the, the details of this, some of them, which I didn't account for, but for the most part in general, some of the stuff I kind of saw already saw on the horizon, which is which is just depressing enough as it is. Because right. I always thought that at least like as time went on, I kind of became more convinced that those were just kind of like liberal talking points for like the Bill Mars and like the Chris Hayes of the world and stuff, you know, like the I just thought that maybe that was their new like this was the thing they were just going to harp on forever. But no, it turns out some of these people were actually right. So what I think is actually the biggest surprise out of this entire election is the fact that this guy grew the more people voted for him in 2020 than in 2016. And um, the, some, some of the specific numbers I don't really have in front of me, but he, he got over 70 million mm-hmm. votes this time around that's more than he got in 2016 so not only did 70 million plus people in the world think that this guy deserved uh, like another four years but the fact that he actually managed to build the base by a significant amount of numbers in four years is just this is like surprising horrifying confusing depressing all that kind of stuff all rolled up into one to me it's just like this yep. is america america ing in of america is proportions yeah no you're uh, dude th- that that is one of those things that astounds me too just the the degree to which it, basically if he was uh, if he was even a competent and i'm going to get to this a little bit more if he was even a competent politician he would have won this election in a fucking landslide. Yes. That's that's what that tells yes. me. That if he was he was a competent politician, he would have won this election in a fucking landslide. I know, and that's a very, very scary thing. And I'll um, add any more thoughts onto it once you've kind yeah. of followed up a little okay. bit later on that. Yeah, cool. so just I'll I'll just kind of use that as a springboard. That Chama, I am just so surprised at how all of the various incompetencies of this administration are being laid bare for everyone and half the country doesn't care. 
There are yeah. these, these stupid, frivolous lawsuits that are going nowhere. You have Trump lawyers going into court, basically, basically looking at a judge going, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I have to be here. Um, mm-hmm. That's essentially what's happening over and over again in Pennsylvania, Arizona. Um, they're being laughed out of the court. Or the judges are actually getting, you never really hear about judges getting like kind of sharp or cross with, you know, with, with the lawyers in these proceedings. They're kind of mad and sharp and cross with Trump's lawyers. Because they know they know that their time is being wasted on this. Um, I, I just from Trump himself, the absolute refusal to be the president. Uh, why does mm-hmm. why does he want to keep a job that he has no interest in performing? Um, all of his all of his the, the policies and the firings and things that have come um, last gasp here as just sort of retribution and kind of like a middle finger to everyone else. Um, all of the all of the promises, Chema, all the promises. Starting with the fucking wall. Last I checked, Mexico's going to build that. Well, I haven't seen that yet. Um, where's where's this massive healthcare plan that you're going to introduce uh, this month? Um, what about uh, what about the stimulus package that you promised? Everyone's going to get a stimulus package after the election. Where is all this stuff? It's nowhere. None of this exists because it's a lazy, incompetent administration. And like, the half of the country doesn't see that. And that just is astounding to me. I know, man. That is fucking frightening and everything. And like, just to address some of the things that you brought up, all this post-election stuff that he promised and everything like that, you know, yeah, where is it? It never existed in the first place. It was all a big fucking con and everything. And like, you're right, this whole thing with the wall and all that stuff, Mexico is not paying for it. They were never paying for it forward from the beginning and everything. And he has and is in like the highest position of power at a time where a crisis has become even more of a crisis and does not want to do the job. You know, like when he goes, he'll just go on stage or get in front of the camera in situations that will have the ability to make him look good. There's no actual leadership. There's no, none of this stuff. And the fact that a large, large population of the country believes this guy and it's just like hey, everything is fine this is like very 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 disturbing to me and like it's setting some very very weird and disgusting precedents for the next you know the next mm-hmm. 20 30 years of your and i's lives let's i agree with that and let's kind of uh, take a peek at that a little bit what do you what do you think biden's biggest challenge is when he enters the white house Okay, so I'm actually going to springboard off of your answer to this one. Okay. And I believe that the, the, the deep divide in this country is the biggest challenge that he faces. And if let's, we could get into, um, and just I'm going to highlight here very briefly that, yes, like when he gets in, there's a pretty solid chance that the the Senate won't be a majority Democratic. You know, I think he'll be lucky if the, seven, the Senate is even split 50-50 at this point in time. And then on top of that, which is already difficult, you're going to have, like, let's just say 70 plus million people that believe, believe that the election was stolen from Donald Trump and this guy stole the election from him. And while I, while I do believe that um, a certain of the whole hashtag not my president crowd is actually just putting something on Twitter just because they don't have anything else better to say, I believe that there is a good chunk of the population that would believe Joe Biden stole the election mm-hmm. that is wound up and may have a, a, a stone to or an axe to grind or something like that. And that could mean um, hurting innocent people. They, that could be the death of innocent people. That could be a new rise of domestic terrorism and stuff like that in the country. I mean, 
who knows what could could possibly happen mm-hmm. because these people do not believe that he actually won legitimately. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there, and I'm going to sort of kind of piggyback off that idea and take it uh, take it in a similar direction, but just a little bit different here. That I, I agree with all that, and it's really well said. And I also think what ties into that is that like Biden's going to have to undo this damage to like the public perception of politics and governing. Mm-hmm. Trump completely damaged what people think being the president is what people how people think politics works trump completely fucking damaged that and there's a lot of people that don't understand like this like the political process and it it shows it believe me it shows up big time with people like there are just today i I saw people uh retweeting or uh or reposting this um this thing on instagram about like an ohio house bill um, about how it's a House bill that was introduced that would prevent uh, Ohio's Governor Mike DeWine from uh, closing down businesses during the pandemic. Like, he, he wouldn't be able to do it. And all of these people were, like, bi- people that I just know and, like, uh, businesses, like, that I follow were passing this around. And I'm like, well, this is a House bill that went through the House that will fail in the Ohio Senate, and even if it gets to the Ohio Senate, guess who has to sign that into law? Mike DeWine right. is not going to sign something that neuters his own powers during a crisis. So, like, everyone was passing that as if it was that that was like the word of law. And I'm like, this is because over the last four years, we've had someone at the head of our government, of our federal government, making sure that people didn't understand it and didn't care about it. No, that's exactly right, dude. And people see that kind of stuff and everything. Like they just see the headlines. They it's just like being the asteroids coming coming near the Earth. And <laughs> right. They, they see this, and and that's what they go on. They don't look into any of the, like the fundamentals behind it. They don't read that the asteroid is really four hundred million miles away and stuff. Like they don't take this stuff into consideration. And then because they don't and all they have to do is click share or you know click retweet with a comment in a consequence free environment these things can grow and fester and and i'm telling you the amount of misinformation that does grow and fester each day just surprises me whether it's somebody from the government saying something that is completely a lie or even maybe somebody that took like a sentence and framed it the right way so like it's really a lie but it just looks so mm-hmm. much like the truth it's and this mis- misinformation is almost like an art form almost and it's unfortunate that people even myself included with the asteroids and stuff like that could get it could get looped into this cycle you know and yeah, i'm not gonna lie i need to get better about it the the trump administration made the trump administration deals in clickbait in the same way that buzzfeed deals in clickbait right that's what they do they just they they say things and they put things out there that are clickbait but they're like political clickbait. We've never, ever, ever had that before in the history of the presidency and the history of the American government. Never had that before. No, not at, not at all, dude. And like, I'm telling you, if this sets some kind of precedent for modern politics, we are in a scary fucking time when people can't even get be when can't even get beyond the headlines. Yeah. Yep. We're in for absolutely. And as we, as you and I and uh, Jason Wood and your other buddy, the one night had a conversation. Um, the, it's just wait until this formula is unleashed by a by someone who is an active and savvy politician. It's going to be mm-hmm. way worse. 
I know, I know, man. And like, I, I'm wondering when that person is going to come around. I, I don't necessarily know if we've seen this person yet, at least in as far as a political, like a political forum mm-hmm. goes. And you're right. Like fascism in America, like the first time around to pick the dumbest possible people, like yep. who knows, like who is who knows what's next and yep. who could be the next person well speaking of next there what is what do you think trump's next move is okay what what i really want um i want him to leave the white house and then go form trump tv i need to kind of see what this whole thing is going to be about i want to see if they're able to poach hannity and tucker, tucker carlson from fox and get them over there and then i want this network to be like well what, like the first incarnation of the xfl where there's all this hype behind it is trump tv trump tv trump tv and it may even get me to watch just so i know how fucking ridiculous it is and then it all folds in two months yeah, I, I'm. I I think I, I'm with you on this. Trump TV seems the most likely thing that's going to happen next. I mean, think about it. You just between um, just between getting like certain certain voter information and demographics from 2016, and then growing that in in 2020, and <clears throat> and it, you know now you know that you have a potential TV audience of 70 million people. That's that's a whole lot of people that might potentially tune into your network. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. I'm just, so what is this network going to be? Is it going to be 24 hours a day of him bitching and complaining about how an election was stolen from him, bitching how the leader of Germany wasn't nice to him, bitching about, I mean, like, all I can think about when I think about Trump TV is just him airing grievances for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, that's exactly what it is going to be. And he's going to become, like, one of these, um, what he'll become is almost like a, almost kind of like what he thinks is like a shadow runner of the government and stuff. Like, cause there's going to be nobody that's actually correcting his vision or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So if he wants to get up there and say like, Hey, Joe Biden's most recent policy sucks ass and here's why. And this is, it's so unfair to me and everything. He'll do that. I think people will watch him do that. And it's just going to be a matter of time until the, the money runs out and everything. And it'll mm-hmm. be like one of these things where, um, you know, they they may even start referring to him as like the the the, the, the pseudo president or the not the they would probably call him like the actual president. They'd make a whole fucking thing out of it. And I would guarantee that he would try to set up this world where like he is still the president and like he's just on his own network. He can't really do much, but he's fighting back. And that's why he's such a hero here. He's fighting back to reclaim what was his. Well, I, you know, I think the next move is for sure, besides the network, is for sure going to be him exposing the child sex cabal that is deep oh, yeah. in Washington. That's definitely coming right after that's coming everything like that all the the pizzagate stuff obama being born in kenya all that is going to happen and one thing we actually while we're on the topic of exposure really quick we should be very concerned about what secrets he tells people what secrets just kind of slip out oh for sure what ends up in any (laughs) tell-all books or whatever like believe me like that is something to be of concern about i'm hoping to god that maybe somebody told him that like maybe they just created like a lie so like when he goes on and tells what he thinks are secrets it's really not not the truth right no there's that's that's a really i i, I don't want to spend too much time in that because we're actually got about six minutes left here but um that is one of those things i always think about i'm like what's he gonna blab off about even if it's not like a deep dark secret that america's keeping for everyone but like what are the things that he's gonna blab about that he definitely shouldn't be talking about. Uh, there's going to be a lot. I know that for sure. Yeah. 
Weapons. Uh, yeah. That's what it's going to be. Weapons. So how did you feel once Pennsylvania was, was called and, and, you know, unofficially called, but essentially at this point called? What was your first um, what was your first feeling once Biden was uh, projected as our our next president? OK, I experienced a major wave of relief where I literally left the room. I went to my car and blared the Mars Volta deloused in the comatorium for about 20 minutes or so and kind of in <laughs> celebration. And then as soon as um, that was over and kind of the energy that I you know, mustered up was kind of fizzling out, a big cloud of cautious optimism appeared over me because it's like, I don't know, man, it's like when you're playing a really good team or you're something like that and you get a win and you, you're like, hey, now we're ahead, at least now we're ahead. But you have to like make it through the final quarter or something like that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what it what it felt like to me. It's like it's not over yet, but at least we have now we have something. We can go on offense now. We have we have the ball or we're, the defense. I don't know. There's some kind of sports metaphor in there, <laughs> but but we we got the lead and now and that's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that. That's very apt. I think that's a good way to think about it. Like getting getting a touchdown lead in the fourth in the third quarter, or like late in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you still got to hold off. You're, you still got to hold off prime Tom Tom Brady of the Patriots, um, right? Basically, but uh, for sure that that's a good way to think of it. And I and I, I felt the same way. It, it really wasn't like I wasn't like thinking about going to dance in the streets like a lot of people. It was just relief that like mm-hmm. you know that like this we're gonna have a president that actually wants to govern. We're gonna have someone that wants to be involved in the day to day and like the long term policies, international policies. Um, we're going to have someone that wants to put America back on the world stage. We're going to have someone that actually has a plan. Like like I said, Biden, like I said in the election episode, Biden would not have been my first choice. But at least this is someone who, everyone talks about like, oh, he's a career politician. That's what you need to be the president of the United States. Someone who's been right. doing this for a fucking lifetime, not a reality TV host. Right. Reality TV hosts in politics, they could be the city councilman in Macedonia or something like that. They don't need the highest office in the land. You could be mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, but not not the highest office in the land. No, thank you. Not at all. Nope. All right. Uh, Just to to wrap up here, because we're making good time, actually. But to wrap up here, uh, Chama, give me one movie recommendation that sums up the Trump presidency. And, you know, throw in some details into why is why you think uh, that movie is like a, a good good recommendation. Oh, I definitely will right now, and I'm going to uh, offer and recommend actually one of my favorite movies. I believe that this is an upper echelon Martin Scorsese movie. It's the best of his gangster trilogy. It's better than Goodfellas. I think Casino is actually the perfect picture of what the trump presidency is it's um you know de niro plays sam rothstein who is a a bookmaker for the mob he's Mm -hmm. an outsider he goes into a established institution of the casino industry and then his slimy fucking friends like the julie or nikki santoro played by joe pesci or in this case the giuliani's and steve bannon's and trump juniors and ivanka's and all that they try to skim money off of an established institution and then eventually through their own greed their own stupidity some of the decisions that they make and the people around them the decisions that affect them it all goes to fucking hell and I could not think of a better on-screen metaphor for the Trump administration than Martin Scorsese's 1995, two of three of the gangster trilogy, or sorry, three of three of the gangster trilogy, Casino. I, I love, that is fucking awesome. That is a great pick. 
Um, very, very apt. I gotta watch Casino again. I haven't seen it in a few years now. It's uh, so good. I know. I know. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a it's a it's a masterpiece. Yeah. But perfect. That is a perfect perfect choice right there. So Casino, love it, Chumma. Uh, I don't have anything to add. That was great. Um, I Chum, I went I went the op completely opposite direction with something low brown confusing. Um, this movie sums up the Trump presidency, Chema. It's one that we did an entire ep- entire episode on, The Room. Um, <laughs> the Room is a completely disjointed mess that's made worse by the creator's impulses and ideas, but he's comp- he's enabled by everyone around him because he's the one paying for all of it. No one can say no to him, so if he wants to film a sex scene on the first day um, and get bare-ass naked with an actress he doesn't know, that's what's going to happen. Years and years after its release, we still don't know if this movie was serious, if it was satire, something else. We don't really know about any of the choices that Tommy Wiseau chose to make. But, like, at this point, you can just, all you can do really is sit back at it and laugh. That's the Trump presidency. (laughs) That is another really, really good assessment of the Trump presidency, man. And you're right about the whole enabling thing and the guy with money and all that kind of stuff. And just everybody listening to him and these stupid decisions and everything like that that that's exactly what it is that is the enabling element of it that's the selling point for sure to could be and it's funny because i think those two movies and we're we're right up against it here so this will be our we'll both get like a last word in here these two movies i think are like the perfect are in and of themselves like a a great metaphor for the trump for for trump himself you know Mm -hmm. putting on the veneer of being important and and rich and successful but on the inside you're just a craven moron who doesn't know what he's doing yeah that's exactly right man and it's it's very clear in both pictures for sure uh and yeah any any final uh final comments here before we wrap this little minisode up biden 2021 let's get him inaugurated and yes casino is better than goodfellas that's what i gotta say (laughs) perfect all right, everyone, thanks for listening out there, and we will have, uh, next week, we will have a full episode on our fall sports. It's going to look a little bit different because uh, there's only one fall sport currently being played, so it's going to be a look back um, at, a lot of it's going to be a look back at the sports that did get played, and uh, a look forward to, uh, to what perhaps is coming next year, so that'll be coming for you next week. Chema, appreciate it, man. Peace. You got it.